subscribe. Press Fox Banter is the Daily Iowans Weekly Sports Podcast. Each episode, we will talk about local, national, and international sports, host a special guest, and talk predictions for upcoming games. This week's episode features Rosa Vesti, a first-year student on Iowa's volleyball team. Welcome to another edition of Press Box Banter this week. This is Colin, the assistant sports editor. This is Kenna, the sports editor. This is Matt, sports reporter. Wow. I get used to it. It's, it's, it's right. in the byline it's, now. Yeah, I know. I, know. Um, I guess we're going to talk about women's basketball. Um, last Thursday, they played at Indiana. I was in attendance with Cooper. Um, didn't go well for Iowa, but super cool atmosphere and a bucket list item checked off. Um, but they bounced back with a win yesterday against Illinois. Pretty much the exact opposite, uh, from three in those two games. Indiana, they couldn't hit anything. Sunday, I think they hit 17 or 18 threes as a team, so. I think Indiana was, um, I didn't watch the Indiana game, but it was clearly uh, not efficient at all. Um, But I think they bounced back as well as they could against uh, Illinois on Sunday. Um, Caitlin had a triple-double. Hannah Stolke had 20. Molly Davis had like seven, 17 maybe. Um, Kate Martin had 13. I mean, that's what you that's what you ask for from this team if you want to make a postseason run. I mean, over 100 points. The issue obviously just remains that um, you just let Illinois put up 80 points on you, which is terrible. That can't happen. But, I mean... If you want to play like the Denver Nuggets, then I guess you just score more points than the other team and don't worry about anything else. I mean, we'll see how far that takes you. But um, offensively, at least, the woes were alleviated on Sunday. Um, Wednesday, Minnesota is just hot garbage lately, so that that should just be an easy kind of momentum push into Sunday, um, which we talk about later, right? we'll talk about later but um I don't know Uh, like I said last week I was confident earlier in the season that this team could win championship but I it's been it's been shaky this in 2024 it's been a little shaky they haven't really gone on a lot of like win streaks it was Ohio State and then Nebraska soon after and then Indiana all in the span of six weeks roughly sounds about right so, I don't know. Well, it'll be interesting, but we'll talk about the implications for this weekend uh, later. But Yeah, I saw um, Iowa move down to six in the pools, which makes sense. Indiana didn't move at all, which, I don't know, was a little weird. I thought maybe they'd move, like, at least, like, one or two spots up. But, um, and I saw Iowa drop to a two seed just on ESPN I think Stanford was the one seed in our bracket so they'd still get home court advantage but uh, I don't I don't know do you guys think there's still a chance they'd get a one seed if they beat Ohio State beat Ohio State they'll be a top four team again Uh, they could beat Ohio State but if Ohio State wins the Big Ten tournament then Ohio State gets Uh. a one seed True. Yeah, Iowa has to win the Big Ten. Yeah, you need one seed yeah, at this point. And honestly, I won't even need a one seed though. Like, I'd I'd be perfectly fine with the two seed. I think Lisa Blue should be fine with the two seed. I'd be happy with the two seed. There's a lot less too. pressure. I mean, last year there were a two seed. You still get to host. Yeah, but like as a one seed, teams are looking to to knock off the one seed. You know. Yeah, like, but but as a two seed, I'm saying you get to host. So you host. That's the true. Yeah, same rounds. advantage. Yeah. 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 You're, there's just less pressure. People are going to gun for you either way, but. Um. And honestly, you, I don't know. 
Don't you technically have a harder path? Right. Technically, yeah, but one like 15 plays 16, against 16. Two plays 15. Eight and nine play one, right? Yeah. And then, so that'd be seven and... Three. Three. Or six and three. What? Something like that. Six and three. That's funny. Either way, the second seed plays tougher teams <laughs> to get like to the, the road. Don't like the four and five seed play or something? I don't remember. I thought it was 1 and 16, 8 and 9. No, I think it's 5 and 12. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. 4 and right, 5, that's right. a great matchup for a first round. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm probably I'm thinking of the Big Ten tournament. So they would play yeah, a 5 right. or a 12? Yeah. Which would be tougher than an 8 or a 9, essentially, assuming the 5 team wins, which is a good which thing again. Really, yeah, but, but 12 seeds often win, though. That's a common upset. True. But you say the 5 seed does win, you want, you know, it, it wouldn't be bad to have that kind of tougher test earlier. Um, granted, it's a tougher test, but I don't know what's the projected seating right now. I haven't I haven't looked at a bracket. Oh, speaking of brackets, the Division Three men's college basketball bracket released today, as of this recording, it starts March first. So, Where's if you're a true sicko and want to fill out a bracket like me, go right ahead. Where's Elmhurst? Elmhurst? Yeah. What? That's in Illinois. Yeah, you said Division Three. Yeah. Elmhurst is Division Three. I don't think they're in the. I don't think they're in the tournament. Well, can you look right now and tell me? Uh, I can. I, I know uh, Bethany Lutheran Colleges. Some of my family members went there. What the Shout heck? out. Uh, they're the Vikings. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Wait, no. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Two seed plays seven and ten. Yeah. yeah you were right. That. I don't know, but. So right now, Iowa would play. Albany. Yeah. Yeah. In Portland. And then the winner of... So then they'd play Duke or Middle Tennessee. Yeah. In Iowa City, though, which is clutch. Yeah, that's going to be impossible to get tickets to that game. They'll drop student tickets, I think. I would do. They're going to sell out so fast, though. Hey, got to be ready. I'm going to try. Yeah, so so will I. But... I don't see Iowa not making out of this region. Duke, you'll, you'll beat Duke. You can beat Duke. UConn might be tough. I still think I say that, but like if I think they... UConn is the toughest team. Hot take to beat. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, I disagree. UConn, still South Carolina. Stanford. Well, South Carolina is not in the region. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I meant in the region itself. Oh, okay, okay. Who like Lamar? What? Who is Lamar? <laughs> Lamar. Why do they Lamar have, Jackson? Why do they have Lamar in here? <laughs> who is that? Lamar Odom. <laughs> Kendrick Lamar. I don't know. Although you did lose to Nebraska, which looks like Nebraska would be up there. But I don't see them I mean, losing to Nebraska. Again. Iowa can fall apart easily. We've seen that multiple times. Yeah. But they can also kick the you-know-what out of any Anyone, team, yeah. Like they did to Indiana. Yep. But then they also lost bad to Indiana. I don't know. It'll help being at home, too. Like, all their, all their, all their losses, except for the Kansas State, have been on the road. Where... Yeah. The arena sells out. Everyone's rooting against Iowa. Like it's it's very tough to win in the road, and the tournament won't be like that. The atmosphere at Indiana was crazy, and I just like going into it. I didn't think Iowa was gonna win. Just Indiana was coming off a, a loss, a blowout loss against Illinois. Iowa was coming off such a high with Caitlin just breaking the scoring record, and Iowa killed them. By 27 points earlier in the season and um so yeah I was kind of just I don't know exactly what I thought was going to happen honestly um I don't I don't know I don't think that's a loss to like totally freak out about you were up in the nosebleeds though right that media session yeah, the, like oh the the <laughs> arena was like super cool but it was a maze me and Cooper um, missed like the first five minutes of Caitlin oh. and Lisa um, in the post game presser because oh, wow. we could not find our way down at first and then when we got down to the court we couldn't find where the media room was like in the tunnel and I swear we went like the same way like three or four times I, I don't know we found it eventually but like any worker we asked either like they all pointed us in the wrong direction like someone said go all the way down right like the wall just like it just ended like the hallway just ended 
Um, but then when we found the media room, like, I thought we had been at that same place, like, five times. So, I don't know if we're just very dumb or... But there was also no signs or anything like that, like, where the media section was or where the media room was. And everyone working there also didn't know where anything was, so... Yeah. Carver Hawkeye Arena is the worst basketball stadium I think I've ever seen. Yeah, but at least you know where the media room is there. Just uh, one tunnel. They got two tunnels. Yeah. That is very nice about one. it. The media room could be right next to where I'm sitting. It, it won't matter. It's still <laughs> absolutely hideous. Okay. It's disgusting. You hate the media room at Carver? The media room is honestly the not that bad. The media room is actually atrocious there, too. The one at Indiana wow. was... Okay. Cooper said it was really nice. It was nice. It was probably three times as big as I was. Oh my goodness. And yeah, there was just like these it was just like these long like tables that and we all had like our own seat. Look at this. This is beautiful. This is art. Well, I guarantee you Nebraska had one. out of a popcorn machine. That's all I'm saying. It didn't, but they did have really <laughs> they we had, there was like ham or turkey sandwiches. <laughs> but they were bomb. They were they were good sandwiches. Okay. Cooper will agree with that. And Michael Merrick because he took like three boxes back to the hotel. <laughs> of course. Sounds like so, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> but still though, I mean your view wasn't that big. Did you need binoculars up there? Like I I, I, no, I, would hate I, that, I mean I saw everything but when the uh, we were like the first row of media, so when the fans did stand up in front of us, like I had to like stand because mm-hmm. I could not see anything. They also had like TVs right above us. Mm-hmm. Um so that was helpful. But it, it was, I mean, I could see everything. I was up high, but, like, and the, because of, like, I don't know, just the way it's built, like, the the echo made it seem so quiet at times. Like, the guy singing the national anthem, like, sounded so quiet. Hmm. I don't know, but it's super cool in there, so. At Nebraska, they give us, like, potatoes Eggs. Raw potato. Oh, okay. <laughs> Potatoes, eggs, like bacon, sausage, A oh, little brunch. Oh. oh, my goodness. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was a work of art. That yeah. sounds awesome. You know, it's always tough to criticize college players. At least when you go on Twitter, I have women's basketball. It's a lot of talk about what to do with Gabby Marshall. Now, Gabby Marshall, she we've seen what she can do. Last year, the postseason run, Big Ten tournament run, She she's a force from... Um, in, from three-point line like she her shooting ability people know it's there but I mean this season it's just hasn't been present like against Illinois two points in 24 minutes like I people are saying move her out of starting lineup give her less minutes like but then again like Caitlin Clark also needs help like I well one for Gabby I think it's mental more than anything I just don't think she has a lot of confidence right now and like we saw that last year too like for a stretch and then during the tournament like she was more efficient but like I feel like she hasn't been as confident like this whole year like we see her just like she'll get the ball she'll pump fake but like she looks like she's scared to shoot the ball sometimes um but also I can I see the argument why Sid Sid Affolter should start over Gabby um yeah, I don't know. I mean, I. They're both good, but like in terms of like right now, Sydney probably is playing better than Gabby. But I don't know. Just like especially going into the tournament and stuff, Gabby's like been through all that and is kind of like a veteran. So I don't know if that'll have anything to do with it. But I see where people are coming from. People who say that are just stat watchers. Yeah. You said you think box score watchers. But you think Gabby? But, Mar- okay, well, I'm just saying. I think rebounding but, is important. Like Gabby Marshall is not known for rebounding. But also, I mean, Gabby, no, she doesn't really. She doesn't have any eye popping stats like any game. But that doesn't mean she, like South Carolina, she didn't have any stats. But she played like the best defense of her life, and no one sees that on the stat sheet. So she's still shooting 31 percent from three this year. Yeah. And on that stat watching too. I mean, if you. She's like the glue player on defense. She'll she'll lock up mm-hmm. any guard. 
She's just a scrappy player, and they're not going to take that out. Sydney Falter could be playing better um, off of the bench, but, I mean, you always need a spark off of the bench. You don't always start your five best players. That's why mm-hmm. the sixth man of the year is the sixth man of the year for a reason. Who's to say anything? Who's to say Gabby Marshall can't be that spark off the bench just with her shooting? Like so, just so she's more confident. We're just saying, hey, you're the main, you're the main option in the second unit. Go ahead and shoot. Like, don't, don't hesitate. I think that there's benefit in that too. There is no main option in the second unit. Caitlin Clark is always the main option. It's going to be Caitlin. It's going to be Hannah. Or it's going to be Kate Martin. That one of them is always going to be on the floor, always. That she'll never be the main option. It won't matter. And she's in there for defense and mesh and leadership. And, I mean, it's been like three years since she's ever came off the bench at Iowa. Like, she's been starting this whole time. I'm just not sure, like, if they'll change it this, like, late into the season. Don't fix what isn't broken. Okay. Any other takes? Who's to say that's not broken? I don't know. It hasn't been Is it broken? Uh, is is it, it, was it her fault that they lost against no, I'm not saying that. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that... That it could be better. It could be better, yeah. And I think, like, what's always... The common theme to Iowa's losses this year has been letting a post player dominate them. So when you, so I think having a bigger player in Sydney Falter who can get rebounds and guard the post, that can help out Iowa when they're in those types of games. Sydney Falter is a guard. She guard? She's, She's like five mm, ten. Five ten. Well, how tall is Gabby Marshall? Five Street nine, height. five eight. Height. height. But she's five ten. That doesn't mean she's going to guard she a post player. She, she can get a rebound. She doesn't ever really guard post. It's going to be Hannah Stokey or it's going to be Sharon Goodman or Addison O'Grady. It's not going to be Hannah. Or it's not going to be. Uh, it's going to be Kate Martin before it's going to be Sydney Falter. Can't you box out a post player? I don't need you to guard it, can I? just want someone to box out and get a rebound. Yeah, but That's if, all I need. if there's a post player in the game guarding the post player, then why is the post player boxing out the post player? Double box out? I don't know. Well, then you just you open up it. another hole for someone else to grab a rebound. <laughs> and this is just rebounding. The issue has been Ioka Lee pouring however many on you. The issue has been Cody McMahon putting 33 on you. As like, a, what is she, like a sophomore? 25 okay. shots from the field and she didn't make a single three-pointer come on that's brutal and that's not Gabby Marshall's fault and that's not Sydney Falter's fault I mean Caitlin yes she had a triple-double on Sunday was one assist away from a triple-double on Saturday but I think she'll even tell you like she hasn't been great her last two quarters um, against Indiana and her first two quarters against Illinois she scored 13 points it's like Caitlin, like imagine Caitlin Clark scoring 13 points in a whole game. That's like unheard of, and that was like a stretch. I mean, that's maybe like the worst stretch she's had point-wise in like you know a span of four quarters. But I don't know. The vibes at Indiana were just off. Yeah, that's bound to happen. I mean. Name someone who's won an NBA championship alone. What do you mean? Oh, well. Without any help. There's nowhere. It's a five-person game. Exactly. So she can be as great as she wants to be, but I'll tell you what the issue is. Caitlin has 129 turnovers this season. 239 assists. Granted, 239 assists. 30, 239 to 129 is not bad. Last year she was 327 to 158. Does that include postseason, though? Yes. Well, then she we're might. diluted a little bit. Yeah. But is she gonna get a hundred assists in the next five games? That's twenty assists <laughs> per game. I don't. She's I don't never think honest. so. So no, she's gonna be no. short of what she did last year. Last year was crazy. Three hundred twenty-seven divided by one fifty-eight. That's a two-point-one assist to turnover ratio, roughly. Right now she's at two thirty-nine to one twenty-nine. One point nine. So not that far off, but it certainly makes a difference when she goes out against, I mean, let's see, Indiana. She turned the ball over a lot against Indiana. Three rebounds, turnovers. Six against Florida Gulf Coast. Nine against Cleveland State. Nine against Minnesota. Six against Michigan State. Five Purdue. 
6 Indiana, 7 Ohio State, 5 Nebraska, 6 Maryland, 12 Penn State. I think that was a uh, quadruple double game. I want to (laughs) say. I think it was. (laughs) 5 Michigan, 5 Indiana, 5 Illinois. Felt like way more than 5 at Indiana. Let's see. What about, like, who's comparable to her? Is she still out? Paige no, Booker's. She's playing. Let's check her stats. No, it was not a triple. No, it was a triple double with turnovers, but not a quadruple double. Yeah, that's what that <laughs> one girl on bad. Big Ten Network yeah. was saying. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Every dog has its day. She was right then, but even though Iowa still won that game handedly, so it's not like when you got sometimes you can, when, you, when you create plays, sometimes it just. The teammates aren't ready sometimes. Here's or. Paige Buckers's turnovers. <laughs> the ones that stand out. Three. Three. Two, two. I mean, I'll just go down the line. One, three, two, three, one, 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 two, two, one, zero, one, 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 two, one, two, zero, zero, two, zero. <laughs> she had five one game. Other than that, she is at two one zero one zero zero. What are her assist numbers then? Her assists are a little bit higher. Uh, so <clears throat> in that five five turnover game, she only had two assists. Oh no, that's not right. She had three assists. Five the next game. She's had eight recently. Five another game. She had five five assists, zero turnovers against uh, Xavier. I don't know, but. I mean, you can what, just what are you tell here? ball What's security is an issue with Caitlin Clark. Okay. I think ball it always has is an been. Issue. Yes. It's because all the crazy passes she tries to do, which sometimes are just very stupid. Bad decisions. Yes. Some of them pay off. I think, like... And that it overshad- When they pay off, they overshadow the, the mistakes, the bad passes. I mean, didn't she, like, dribble one off of her foot, basically, today, or, like, dribble into nothing and then just get swiped against Illinois? Something like that happened. I don't know, but... Well, against Indiana, I think it was, like, Iowa was down by eight, um, and they had the ball to end the third quarter, and then, like, with six seconds left, Caitlin was just standing there, and the girl just stripped the ball, and Indiana... uh, scored right before halftime or right before the fourth quarter so that was just I don't know that kind of like summed up the whole night though it was just kind of careless bad decisions um the vibes were off we are here with Rosa Vesti, a middle hitter for the Iowa volleyball team from New Zealand. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me. I'm I'm good. Tired. We had practice this morning, but pretty good. Yeah, you the spring schedule is just released, so you guys are preparing for that. How are you how how are you feeling right now? I'm pretty good. I'm excited for it. I mean, it's my first spring. We're just practicing now. Uh, four days a week. We just started 20 hours, so it's a lot, but it's good. I'm loving it. So going all the way back, when did you first get into volleyball? Um, so both my parents played for New Zealand, and my mum actually came over here uh, the same, came to play in college at Northern Arizona. So I've kind of been around it my whole life, and then obviously when they both, they were both coaching, so I was around the tournaments, and then just always knew I wanted to play. So, been playing since I was little, high school, um, indoor and beach, and then, yeah, now I'm here. So how, um, I guess, did you just like move to the US when you came to Iowa? Yeah, yeah, so, okay. yeah. Just so moved. how does like, how does the sport differ in Europe compared to here? It's not Europe. <laughs> oh my God. Like, Isn't it technically, Oceania, I guess. Is that how, I yeah, don't know how to pronounce I, it? Oceania, <laughs> Australasia, whatever. She called it Europe. That's kind of crazy. You want to go Europe with? It's kind of crazy. Complete right. opposite side of the globe, but yeah, right. we're okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's 
it's fast and it's uh, you have like big big players. I mean, obviously it's the big ten, so it's you know big, but just at home it's very much you play because you love it and I mean everyone here plays because they love it too but you the pool is a lot smaller of players like New Zealanders 5,000 people in the whole country and I don't know what I don't know what America is but I know Texas is like 30, 30 million people in one state or something so um, it's fast here everyone plays a really fast game so it's not like high sets and yeah, you're just up against six foot three, six foot four, six foot seven hitters every single weekend, which is crazy. But again, it's super cool compared to what you get at home. Now, what was your recruiting process like? Why did you come here? Yeah, this one's kind of a like long story, long and short story. I was committed somewhere else for to play beach volleyball somewhere else for a long time, and then they ended up not working out for a couple of reasons. And then I was living away from home at the time, so I was a bit like, oh no, what am I going to do? But I knew I didn't want to stay in New Zealand, I wanted to come over here. So I sent out more film, um, got an email back from Iowa pretty quickly after I sent out some more indoor stuff, and set up a call later that week on a Friday. Oh, this was when I was back at home. On a Friday, called them on my break at work for 20 minutes and just loved love the coaches loved kind of what they were talking about in terms of a program and what they want to build here the school sounded awesome um like the academics is really great as well and then yeah had other calls that i was supposed to have on that sunday cancelled those and called iowa again with my parents and was all in 100 percent all in and then never looked back really so it was pretty quick but it was pretty awesome. Just felt like home right away. So you didn't ever come visit here, like you just moved here and stayed? Yeah, I I mean this was pretty late in the year as well. This was probably uh, April, May maybe, so of last year. Didn't visit, yeah, committed within three days of talking to them, but I mean it was the best decision I ever made, I think, so I just kind of trusted everything that they were saying I felt like I could trust them and then did a little bit of my own research googled it, it looked like a pretty place and you know just moved straight on over here did it turn out to be a pretty place yeah it's pretty I, I don't really like the cold so I mean the snow was pretty but I really hated I don't know going to class in the snow and walking yeah. in the snow but it's cute it's, it kind of looks a lot like home weirdly enough huh what's been like the biggest adjustment to living in the middle of Iowa? Um, I don't know. I think being away from my family is just different. Also not having a car. So unfortunately I'm a e-scooter rider oh, to no. class and, oh, no. and practice. So it's a bit difficult if I want to go somewhere further than my scooter can take me. Huh. What about, we always ask our foreign guests like the food changes. What are your thoughts on American food? Um, it's it's not bad. It's honestly not that different to what we have at home, but it's quite nice. A lot more options, stuff that I've seen on TikTok and Instagram that we don't have at home, so it's kind of fun. Do you have, like, a favorite fast food place? Um, I don't really know if it's considered fast food, but I love Gray's. Okay. Gray's downtown. I've never been there. Me neither. As in, like, the color? No, uh, Gray's, G-R-A-Z-E. G-R-A-Z-E, no, I don't know. Oh, uh, it's really good. You should go sometime. Okay. They do, it? like, chicken tenders, and they don't do a lot, but it's, like, chicken ten like, buffalo chicken tenders and mac and cheese and green beans is their, like, little meal, and I get that every time, and it's really good. 4.4 <laughs> stars on 266 reviews. Great customer service, too. 10 to 20 bucks right. per person, is that true? Yeah, I think my meal's like fifteen dollars. Oh, that's not bad. Oh wow. And it's on black cards, so double one. Yeah. There oh, you wow. go. Are you in the dorms right now or do you live with teammates? Yeah, I live in Peterson. Uh but my roommate is one of my teammates, so okay, cool. it's pretty cool. And <clears throat> I guess how did you when you first moved here, um how, how long did it take you to kind of 
um, get used to the people and the team and how do you feel like your relationship is with your teammates? Yeah, so I mean I came on August 1st and my mum moved over with me for like the first week and then she went home. Um, it was, it took a while I think just for me to get really comfortable but I mean as you kind of do being around new people it was a bit tough because everyone else came in the summer so they were there for you know getting to know each other for a while before but everyone was really welcoming straight away and really really nice and then I think it just kind of as we went through more stuff so tour days and practice into pre-season and season I just yeah got really close the whole team was really close and I just love them all so it's like a family away from my family and friends everywhere which is awesome What's it like traveling to Iowa from New Zealand? Do you fly into California? Yeah, my trip here was 30 hours oh in total. Oh goodness. So I live in the South Island of New Zealand, so I have to fly up to the big airport in the North Island. And then on the way here, I flew from Auckland to LA, LA to Chicago. And then we ended up driving from Chicago, but oh we were deciding goodness. between driving or flying into Cedar Rapids. But there is a direct flight between Chicago and Auckland, which I'm going on the way home. So that should be nice, but that's still 15 hours. And then second flight back home. Oakland, would you say? Or, uh, Auckland. Auckland. Auckland, oh, Auckland okay. yeah. Okay, okay. I had to Americanize it. Is that the capital of New Zealand, right? No, it's not, but it's the biggest city. Okay. I always like mixed up New Zealand, not mixed up, but put like New Zealand with Australia. I but obviously have New Zealand. She <laughs> had it in Europe, which I, yeah, is a little I, removed, but yes. that's all right. Um, have you been, have you like actually like stayed anywhere else in the U.S.? Like have you gone to Chicago and actually like visited there or anything? Um, a little bit, but not really. Chicago. I've been kind of everywhere that we traveled to, I guess I've like looked around there, but my aunt, my dad's sister has lived in New York for, I don't know, a wee while, so I got to spend Christmas with her, which was awesome. Uh, she's like just out of New York. And then I went to Nashville as well over winter break with yeah. two of my teammates, because one of my go. really good friend's dads lives there. So we went there, which was awesome. And then New York, and I've been to LA twice. Mm. Once for a beach volleyball training camp on the way through, and then when we came on a family holiday to visit my aunt one year, we went to Disneyland, which was awesome. What is your favorite Big Ten like college town that you've been to? College town? I had my top three, which I loved in terms of just places. I thought Michigan was really cute, like Ann Arbor. Mm -hmm. Penn State, the town was so cute and just, I like blue and white, so I thought it was cute. And Indiana was really pretty. That was our first travel trip and it was still really warm and it was just like a vibrant little town with all the trees were still green and it was beautiful. What about least favorite? Least favorite? I don't, Purdue, Purdue was, was uh, all right. I don't know, they, it was just not a lot to, I mean, I guess it was probably where we were staying as well, but. A lot of people don't like the campus, the yeah. Purdue campus. Yeah, and I've, I've heard like the football stadium, just the locker rooms are small and old and. Huh. Yeah, their, their gym was like a wooden floor still, so there are a couple of gyms that still play on wood floors, not Terraflex. So, I mean, it was kind of cool, but it's like just a little kind of boxy thing with, and you have to, they run out of like a train. Which is kind of fun, but it's kind of weird as well. They run out of a train. It's like an inflatable train. The players run out of the train. Yeah, like an arch. And it's like the front of the train and they run out. Oh, okay. I get Before it. the game. I thought there was like literally like a train <laughs> no. moving around and then they like hop off. No. Okay, yeah, I get it. It's I like wish. That'd be inflatable. probably cool, yeah. I get it. What's been like the craziest environment that you've played in, in terms of like Big Ten? Big Ten. Um... Again, India. I didn't play in the Indiana game, but their student section was crazy, and they had just, you know, they were right behind the service line, so we were all standing there, and you just got, you know, screamed at and yelled at when you serve. 
Um, otherwise, uh, Michigan State was pretty... Their student section was also pretty crazy, which... But it's fun. It's really fun, actually. Oh, well, there was one other. What was it? Maryland. Maryland, the band was right behind us. And you don't expect it from the band, but they had a couple of little comments up their sleeve. <laughs> What's it like playing against Wisconsin and Nebraska? Two, like, powerhouses in volleyball. And rivals. Yeah. Oh, it was cool. We played Nebraska at home. We only played them once. And we actually played really well. They... It was kind of their game for the Big Ten Championship, which was mm-hmm. cool. But, I mean, we lost, but we played well. And it was awesome. Just, like, when you can kind of get on those top teams, it's, it's a really cool feeling. And it was, a, it was a tight game, and we there was a bit of chat going back and forth, which was fun too. And Wisconsin, we played at home first, and then we played away in our last game of the season for their senior night, which was... That was pretty awesome. It was, like, a packed-out... Oh, what's their gym called? Call Center? No. It's a field... I think it's just the field house. The Wisconsin field oh, okay. house. Packed out, red, sold out for their senior night, which was awesome. Just the sound and excitement that that huge crowd gave was pretty cool. Okay, well, I've seen... It's been all over my TikTok mm-hmm. about this new volleyball rule in the NCAA. So double touches are allowed now. Yes. Is that correct? So like, well first can you just kind of like explain what that means and then also what you think about the rule? Yeah, so a double or a two hits, I guess whatever you want to call it, is like a set where your hands are supposed to contact the ball simultaneously when you're setting and if they don't, so if one hits after the other, um, it's a double which kind of is like a skill set thing. So if you're, you know, a really skilled setter, you can get your hands to the ball and have a really clean, simultaneous contact every time. But I guess it gets a bit tricky because you can have an ugly set that'll come out spinning, but it's still technically clean. And I think there's a lot of, I guess, uh, disparity in calls. So they've started to get rid of it. Um, I mean, I'm a middle, like you said, so there's a bit of a... Mm, what's the word stereotype that the middles are probably the more uncoordinated members of the team who like to set but are not very good at it I consider myself a pretty good setter though so I think it'll just change the way that like liberos and middles and outsides will get to handle the second ball if they get the chance in terms of it doesn't need to come out clean I guess probably some of the thought behind it is if you do a bad enough set you already put your team at a disadvantage enough I would guess but I'm obviously not on the panel who decides so I think I don't know I I like setting so I would I kind of liked the rule you know keep Mm -hmm. it keep it a classy touch but we'll see what happens over the season and over spring be interesting well you said stereotypes about middle hitters but I I thought that like I think middle hitter is like one of the hardest positions to play, probably, because you guys are just like always moving. Yeah, it's it can be tricky. It's a lot of reading and having to make the right decision really quickly, and then mm-hmm. moving. I mean, we don't play backcourt generally, so that's like different, and that's probably where some of it comes from in terms of being people thinking we're pretty uncoordinated, but. I yeah, I would say it's definitely one of the harder positions, like skill-wise and kind of mentally, you have to do a lot for your team to put them in good positions, like in the backcourt and, you know, making sure you're in a good spot, taking up space so that people behind you can do their job, right? Um, I wanted to ask, when you're like in a match with Nebraska or really anyone and it's a close match, I just, I feel like, well, I covered um, Iowa Volleyball last year. And um, I didn't this year, but I kind of still followed how the games went and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seemed like a lot of the a lot of the games, you guys were so close. And how how do you what's like the mindset during those sets? Where like I don't know, just like what's running through your head when you're on the court? Um, do you like like do you like talk to yourself or? 
like do you black out or like what what is like how do you guys talk to each other on the court communicate I think uh, we try to kind of I mean the saying is play like you train so we try to really fall back on kind of what we know what we know works as well and then just like very much constructive as opposed to destructive so kind of I mean volleyball can be a very up and down sport in terms of momentum swings so if we can keep our momentum kind of at a steadier level than letting it get really high and really low is what we aim for and I think that's probably something we can improve on a little bit but definitely just like next point we got this like not dwelling on the last one especially when it you're playing in those big games and it's close and maybe you've lost a couple in a row it can get pretty easy to get in your own head so I think definitely making sure we stay mindful and kind of in the moment as opposed to letting us go too far ahead or too far behind is pretty big. Do you practice at the arena in Coralville too or just games? Um, we play we play there and we would practice there in the weeks that we'd play at home. Okay. So in the fall, if we were playing away, we'd practice at Carver mm. and if we were at home, Extreme. And now we're just at Carver uh, throughout the spring. Is that a, what do you call it, scooter ride to Coralville? <laughs> no, it's unfortunately you have to ask the teammates to pick you up oh, for, really? for the Extreme trip in mm. the Banks bus, but I haven't got on that personally. Mm. Do you like playing in Extreme Arena or do you kind of wish you guys played in Carver or... I really love the floor in Extreme. Yeah, I love Extreme, honestly. I think it... I mean, obviously I haven't played in Carver yet. We have a spring tournament there. But it it just feels kind of homey. It's not too big, so it's a very... I don't know, intimate's probably not the word, but, like, experience with the fans are close. And I, re I really like Extreme. Our locker room's cool. Yeah, the Terraflex is pretty cool. And it, I like it. It's fun. I wish more students came there. What about after what Nebraska did playing in Kinnick Stadium? Do you see that in the future for Iowa Volleyball one day? Oh, I'd love to play in Kinnick one day. I think it would be really fun. I think the logistics behind it are, are, are tricky, but I mean, if basketball can do it, so can volleyball. So we'll see one day. Would you be nervous playing in front of 55,000 people? I think when it gets to that point, I don't even think you'd notice it. Right. Just, yeah. I mean, I think even in some of those big games, you kind of are very focused on the court and your team and the other team that you, unless you're really looking around and focusing on it, you don't really notice. But, I mean, it would obviously be nerve-wracking. Playing outside as well is a bit trickier in terms of, like, lighting and the sun and if it would were to be windy or rainy, but I think it would be a pretty cool experience. So other than the fact that there are two people and you're playing on sand and beach volleyball, what's the difference between, like, is there a scoring difference? Is there a rule difference between the two? Yeah, there are, there are quite a few little differences. So indoor you play sets to 25, first to three sets, but if you go to a fifth, so if you're a two all, you play to 15. Beach is only best of three sets, and it's 21, 21, 15. Hmm. Um, and then there are just a couple other rules. So like an indoor, your block, if you get a block touch, it doesn't count as your first touch. So then you got three from there. Beach, your first touch counts as a touch. So you have to, you know, one and then over. Um, the setting rules, funny we talk about setting rules. The setting rules on the beach are a lot tougher if you um, like carry it, I guess. So if you kind of suck it in before you set, you can do that a little bit more, which they don't like in indoor, and they just have to be like really clean on the beach. But it's definitely changing. Some kind of international teams are changing it to like jump setting and having a lot of fun with it. What's the hardest part about playing on sand? It's the fact that it's sand and not <laughs> a hard ground. I know, honestly, I think beach is more of a mental game than indoor is, just based on the fact that there are two of you. So. Mm. If you're having an off day or you're just not playing as good, you can't get subbed out and you just have to work your way through it and they're going to pick on you, the other team's going to pick on you and your partner can try help out as much as they can but at the end of the day if you're getting served every ball, they can't pass it for you so mm. that's cool. But that's also what makes it fun is like working your way out of that and figuring out how to 
not get into those situations. Do you ever find like you have to be more conditioned to play on sand? I feel like there's resistance when you're running on a beach, and there's also, I mean, I don't know how much, I don't know the difference in the size of the court, but I know there's more room in sand volleyball, right? Or beach volleyball. Um, the court's a metre smaller, so it's okay. an 8 by 8 metre box instead of a 9 by 9 Okay. But I think it's just, again, just different. So beach, and I mean, you do all your conditioning on the sand on the beach, so you'd get used to it. Mm-hmm. And indoor, we do all, all our conditioning on the court. But, I don't know. Something you just get used to. Yeah. You do it. it's, it's different as well. I mean, beach is a lot more shoddy in terms of you can, like, kind of poke it around and play shots. Whereas indoor is definitely a power game. But beach is becoming more of a power game. So what's the coolest place you've ever played beach volleyball? Um, uh, la, two years ago, 2022, my, I played with my best friend for, New, well, we played for New Zealand and we went to the world champs in Turkey, on the west coast of Turkey, hmm. and that was beautiful, that was a really, really cool place, I loved it, just like an hour north of a big kind of town called Izmir. Huh. Cool. That one's in Europe. <laughs> Wow. I'm never going to live that down. Dest. It's okay. I thought Turkey was in Asia. No, that's actually embarrassing. Half, it, half of Istanbul is in Asia and the other half's in Europe. Yeah, I've, I've only been to South, or Central America, so I wouldn't know. I've never been to Europe. I'm not even going to try and correct you. I no, trust no, no, it's okay. I trust you. Thanks. Certainly not Europe, though. <laughs> For New Zealand. Yeah. Oh, I thought I, I had another question. Hot as bricks in here. Yeah, yeah we can wrap up. It's warm. Yeah. If you don't have more questions, yeah. I'll just ask just, um, mm. what do you want to do know. when your volleyball career is over? Um, like the whole career or my the time whole here? Career. Whole career. Whole career. It's <laughs> a really good question. Um, I don't know. I'm in the business. I'm going to like a business major, so probably something to do with that okay i kind of want to live in like not in new zealand just in like a big city somewhere Hmm. i don't know if it's in america or in somewhere else but big city and then kind of get a job that i can do anywhere travel and all that cool what about after college um i probably want to go home and play beach again play beach for New Zealand, they're starting to get a little bit more funding and hopefully two of our top athletes will are trying to qualify for the Paris Olympics so hopefully they'll get there and that'll be the first ever time a New Zealand female team's qualified so that'd be kind of the dream is to go back and play for New Zealand on the world tour and just try and make the Olympics one day. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It'd be really cool. Okay, well thank you so much Rosa for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. As I hit record, the game just ended um, on Tuesday, February 27th. They beat Northern Illinois 14-6. A bounce-back win from not a great weekend um, this past weekend few blown leads, um, bullpen issues, uh, kind of a disappointing start to theme, like one of the most hyped up Iowa baseball teams, um, preseason wise, um, that could have probably happened. What has kept Iowa out of the tournament in the past is losing games, um, like they have already this season and to teams that they absolutely should not lose to like Lehigh um I mean they already have what what are they like seven and five now I think Mm. no they're three and four right now oh okay well they just won oh four and four four and four okay four and four yeah I don't really know I think they have another tournament this weekend probably no, they got a no this weekend. It's a or no, they're going, they're going down to Oxford series. three game series against Ole Miss. Okay, that'll be tough. Yeah, that'll be tough. Worthy competition. Um, but 
I mean, bullpen issues was the problem last year. They blew a lead in um, the regionals. Um, so, I don't know. It's a long season ahead, but not, I don't think, the start that people were expecting or hoping for. It's tough that, that coming into the Northern Illinois game, they lost three straight games, giving up an average of 12 plus 24, 24 plus 7, 31. 31 divided by 3. Yeah, it's about 10 runs a game. Look at that math right there. About oh. 10 runs a game. That, that's horrible. That's, that's especially when those runs are coming in the later innings. Like, it's a recipe for disaster. And two of those losses against unranked teams in Auburn and Wichita State. Um, and at Iowa was at one point ranked number 18, unranked now, and frankly, that's deserved. Well, good news is for Iowa, Ole Miss, SEC team, but they are also 4-4 four four as well. Um, they're coming, they've just, uh, well, actually, they played Little Rock today, and hopefully that should be a win for them. Um, well, yeah, Ole Miss, they got, a three, they got three games this week, Little Rock, Missouri State, and then the weekend series against Iowa. I mean, this is a can't get swept. I'll say that. Can't got got to win at least one. Agree. <laughs> yeah. Research. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. Ole Miss. They had a four game series in Hawaii. That's pretty nice. I'll say that. That's get to play four games in Hawaii. <laughs> okay, we're just gonna move on to talk about the Iowa women's basketball game. That. Will be on Sunday against number two Ohio State. Iowa lost to Ohio State earlier this season in overtime in Columbus. Um, it's Senior Day, last regular season game, and College Game Day is coming. And doing the show is going to be live in Carver. It's only the second time in program history that that's happened. Uh, first time was last year when Iowa played number two Indiana. And Caitlin hit that crazy three buzzer beater to win the game. Um, and that kind of, I feel like that's what kind of sparked them to go on the NCAA title run that they did. Um, but yeah, I am going as a fan. I'm very excited. I got my tickets like when student tickets came out. Um, and this was one of the games that I could go to. So I'm super excited. Um, and I think it's going to be a great game. I, uh, yeah. Biggest game of the year so far. Yeah, stands will be full. Unfortunately, I may not be there, which, which kind of sucks. But, hey, one of my friends will get a free ticket, so that, that'll be nice. Free? Yeah, free. I'm not, I'm not going to chart. Please some. Uh, Stuff's going for five hundred bucks. Dude. I'm not. Like, I'm, not, I'm not that type of guy. I, I gave. Okay, yeah, I gave my cousin and my aunt free tickets, and that was the game that Caitlin broke the record. But yeah. still, I maybe should have like like ten Is bucks. It, you even? charge your own fan. That's tough to charge your own family. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> Here you go. Hey. I mean, mate. It's a dog no. eat dog world. I don't know. Money is money. This episode of Press Box Banter is hosted by Kenna Roaring, Colin Botsmeyer, and Matt McGowan, and produced by Jamie Martin Trainer. This episode was recorded on February 23rd and 27th.